Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective podcast. This is your host, Jay Dove. I'm back. This is our weekly college football podcast. I will you'll talk about a few things here. I'm going to talk a little bit about the conference realignment landscape that we had some user feedback, listener comments from last week's show. I want to address some of those. Talk a little bit about bowl game predictions. I'll just touch on Draymond Green and what I think his future and historical fit. So we'll get to that on the flip side. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. So realignment discussion, let's jump into this. Last week, we had a great guest on the show, Crotch, and we discussed at length kind of just all the permutations and what's driving all of this. Uh, and I had a few listeners reach out on X, Twitter, you can find uh, an access and talk to me through uh, at FS Collective. But they point out some of the media terms, smoke about ACC, specifically teams leaving the ACC and ACC may be imploding. There's even some stories breaking somewhat in mainstream, although at first I thought it was a little bit of a hoax, that the private equity firm that kind of oversees WWE and MMA is looking to invest in a consortium, which would be ACC, Pac-12, or whatever the Pac is called these days, and the Big the Big 12 and combine them into a super conference. So I, I don't know what to think. That's a That's an interesting one there as well. What I would say, though, is I, I just keep coming back to this. At the end of the day, there's 25 or 30 schools that really, truly will have the cachet, the consistent success, and are willing to put in the investment and can sustainably do this, right? There's plenty of people out there who are fans of like University of Indiana or Oklahoma State, and they're going to be like, oh, we're, we've got oil money or we've got this money and we're going to support it. Sure, they can do that for five or 10 years. SMU, that their boosters are putting in a ton of money to fund them to get into the ACC, literally paying their way into the ACC. Sure, that works for a brief period of time. The reality is Florida State, University of Miami, USC, UCLA, and many others that I'm not thinking of right now, those schools are a different level and they have a history. They have a fan base that's in many cases national uh, or they're in major metro areas or metro media markets, or they have just dominant share in a state that matters uh, with the economy that can can support it. And I just don't think, I don't think SMU is going to ultimately be one of those schools. I could be wrong. Maybe that's an anomaly, but the majority of them, we know those schools, Notre Dame, uh, it is Michigan, it's Ohio State, it's probably Penn State, it's Alabama, maybe Georgia, likely Georgia, University of Florida. There's, again, there's 25 or 30 schools. And I think they're going to play effectively what we, what I'm going to classify as minor league pro football. And then there's going to be a division of true college teams that are, again, maybe there's some NIL money there and those teams are nationally televised, but those are more likely the Oklahoma States, the Purdue's, the Indiana's, maybe even the Wisconsin's of the world end up here maybe the Northwesterns, maybe Stanford, Powell, Colorado. I think that's where those schools end up just because they're just not going to be able to, to keep up with the truly elite programs that have the dollars that truly out, you know, ultimately have like salary cups of 70, 80, 90, 100 million a year. And they're all collectively getting 100 plus million in TV revenue and so on. And the, the reality is the economics of this are all shifting dramatically. So that's my take on it. 
Uh, it looks like we're going to hear a lot more in the coming months. Uh, there's a lot of rumors and speculation out there. And I have to say, I'm extremely excited for it. Um, okay, let's do a quick round of bowl predictions. I'm going to skip all over these Cure Bowls and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I'm serious. Is that a bowl? These are jokes, and these shouldn't even be played. The LA Bowl, seriously? UCLA at Boise State? No. Independence Bowl? Cows in the Bowl game? Come on. I'm going to stick with the kind of the core bowl games that matter, that actually people are going to be watching in mass and that matter to people outside of just the, maybe the schools that are attending it. So that's really that New Year's Day or traditional New Year's Day bowl. So without further ado, I will kick into that. I will say with the Holiday Bowl, I think the Holiday Bowl has got a great tradition, been around for a long time. And you got number 15, Louisville playing USC, who's unranked. Who would have thought that before the season started? I'm going to stick with Louisville. They have got more to play in this game, more to play for. They've been a better team all year long. And I suspect SC will probably have a bunch of guys that opt out because they're like, oh, we're too big for this game. We're not going to play. Although I may be wrong. It is in their backyard. So a lot of these guys are from the LA or greater Southern California region. So I still think Louisville wins that game. I would take them in a heartbeat. Next game is just jumping to the kind of core games. I'll do the Alamo Bowl, even though it's traditionally not New Year's Day. It's usually like the night before. You got number 14, Arizona versus number 12, Oklahoma. I like Arizona in this game. For the same reason why I like Louisville versus USC, I think Arizona's got more to play for. Their players are going to play in this game. I think Oklahoma's just going to be like, why are we in the Alamo Bowl? I just think Arizona finished the season strong where Oklahoma was a little bit dicey. That said, Oklahoma's probably got more talent. So this is going to be a tight game, but I'm going to go Arizona in this game. Let's get into a Sun Bowl. Again, another game I probably wouldn't normally talk about, but we, we have a good game here, Oregon State versus Notre Dame. I like Oregon State in this game. I know it's going to be a surprise. Actually, I take the back. I'm going to go Notre Dame. And I just realized why. Oregon State's got a couple guys have already opted out, key players. I just don't think they're the same team that we saw a month ago. And Notre Dame's probably going to wipe the table with this game. Let's go Cotton Bowl. Missouri versus Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State. Ohio State's just a they're a much better team. I think they're going to wipe the floor of Missouri. But we'll see. It's a classic uh, CC versus Big Ten matchup. But Ohio State should win that game handily. I'll do Peach Bowl, Ole Miss versus Penn State. I'm taking Ole Miss in this game. Ole Miss has got talent. Uh, I think Penn State's a good team. I just think Ole Miss is going to show SEC stronger than the Big Ten. But it's going to be a good game. Orange Bowl, classic. Number six, Georgia, who felt, felt like they got left out of the playoff, and they probably did, versus number five, Florida State, who definitely feels like they've been slighted. Although I would argue they probably deserve not to be in, given what happened at the end of the year. And I'm taking Georgia in this game. I think Georgia uh, is going to wipe the floor with them. They're so deep. They've got something to prove and show that they were certainly uh, slighted. I think Florida State, just they're already calling it in. So that game's over. Let's keep going here. I'll go Fiesta Bowl, uh, number 23, Liberty versus number eight, Oregon. This is a travesty. Oregon's going to win this. I don't care how many guys opt out. They're just a more talented, deeper team. Let's keep going. Rose Bowl. Now we're getting into the CFP playoff. So this is one of the semifinals. We got Michigan versus Alabama. I really like Alabama in this game. Everyone's picking Michigan. I think Alabama is a far superior team, and they finished the season playing strong. You look at Michigan's schedule, they weren't wiping teams out, and they did not play a good schedule. Yes, they beat Ohio State at home, but it wasn't like a blowout game. 
And they just, I don't know. I'm not as impressed. I think this, I think they're going to be shock and odd. I think Alabama is just a better team with more talent. And quite frankly, both these teams are well coached, but I think Alabama wins this game handily. And for the Big Ten's sake, I hope that's not true because it's going to be a pretty big egg on their face if Michigan loses by double digits, which I think they will. Uh, Sugar Bowl, which is the other CFP side of semifinal. This is the toss-up. I like both of these teams. They both play tough schedules. Uh, Texas went on the road and beat Alabama as an example. Washington had to run the gauntlet of the Pac-12, which we've already talked about. Eight of those 12 teams were consistently ranked. So they they played a tough schedule, and that showed in their out-of-conference records as well. I'm going to take Washington by a slight edge. I think Washington's got more to play for, more excited. It's going to be a tough game, though, and I think this is a toss-up. Okay, last topic of the pod is Draymond Green. So season's off to a good start, lots of parity, with the exception of a few teams. Love the rookies. Technically, Wembenyana is a true rookie, and he's looked awesome. Chet Holmgren's the guy everyone's hyping up, talking. I just, I don't love him as a player. I, sorry, I love him, but I just don't love the whole notion that he's a rookie giving him a second year. But anyhow, he's having a great year. But I would say arguably the biggest story of the league so far has been behavior of the Golden State Warriors. Great player, Draymond Green. Great, in my opinion, as a Warriors fan. He's now been suspended indefinitely by the league. And the Warriors brass, which is probably the most shocking part of this, they appear to be comfortable with that with that result. In fact, they came out and said they need he needs to get help. They're going to do everything in their power to make get him healthy, which just tells you that they recognize this as an issue. And so for a player... I'm not going to comment on, did he deserve the indefinite suspension? He's a passionate player who plays on the edge. And sadly, he's been having a resurgence this season. He's hitting 43% of his threes this year on three attempts a game, which isn't nothing. He really added an element to the offense where he wasn't a zero out there. He's only averaging just shy of 10 points a game, but that was enough at a much lower, by the way, I think he's playing 25 minutes a game, which is about 20% lower than he'd been playing, almost 25% lower than he'd been playing in the last few years. So, uh, on the floor, the Warriors are definitely missing him. And I won't, I'm not going to dive into whether the Warriors dynastic year is over, other than I will say it's somewhat on life support because it's clear Steph Curry is the heart and soul of this run. And he's 35. So unless you get together this year or next and make a run, Curry's impact will wane. And there are just no replacements on their roster that are stars. I think they've done a decent job of drafting, but they have no stars. And at the end of the day, if you don't have a guy that make a difference, you're just not going to be there. So where does that where does that leave us with Draymond? Where does he fit in the historical context of the NBA? Look, this guy's accolades, let's start with them. He's been an important defensive anchor of a four-time NBA champion team who made it to the final six times over an eight-year period. They were clearly the team of the 2010s. He was defensive player of the year in that period. He's been all defense eight times. He's a four-time all-star and two-time all-NBA. He's pro practical reference has a 77% Hall of Fame probability. I'd argue, I think he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, quite frankly, but that's not saying a lot. The Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame, and the NBA is not that hard to make. But I'd also add he's one of the bigger personalities of this year, which is why I think he'll make the Hall of Fame. Think of him as like a Kenny Smith floor in terms of pop culture. He's going to roll into NBA studio, show work post-career. He's already got a contract with TNT. He's got a podcast that's very popular. So, which is to say, ultimately, his reputation and his least popularity is and likely will be a, a, remain much bigger in perception than reality. So, where does he leave us with the pantheon of NBA players? I don't know. The basketball references got uh, Gordon Hayward and Kevin Willis as two of the name, two two of his most cl- close similarity scores. Also got Lamar Odom and Zach Randolph in there. Now, some of these guys had better statistical careers. 
but not better um, impact in games and not winning. Uh, I personally think he's going to be a unique player when people look back. He's this sort of like wiener who could play every position as a point guard. He could play center. He could guard any guy out there. He's not a traditional guy. He didn't get a ton of rebounds. He didn't get a ton of points. He consistently averaged like six to eight assists a game, which is awesome for a, a non-point guard. But he was never spectacular statistically. So he fails in this weird mix. And ironically, he's kind of similar to Andre Iguodala in some ways. Neither of them were true scorers. Neither of them were spectacularly large. Iguodala is way more athletic. But they both were very basketball smart and had impact on the game across both on the floor, off the floor, kind of motivation, whatnot. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's someone that we remember as a Warriors great. He's somebody that will always be referenced. Again, he's going to be in our lives because he's, unless he implodes, which I, I doubt, he's going to be like a Charles Barkley type in terms of announcing. Someone who's saying controversial stuff, not willing to say it how it is. So it's going to be interesting as we move into the next era. Okay, on that note, that's it for this show. I really appreciate you listening and I hope you have an amazing day. Take care. Bye-bye. Before we leave, let me tell y'all a little something. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uh.